Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome back into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo. And today you're listening on the Believe Network. And today you're going to be listening to a lot on this podcast. We have a ton to get to. Sorry this podcast coming out a little later in the week. Uh, life gets busy, as most of you know. So I just couldn't get it out earlier in the week, which actually worked to my advantage because on Wednesday, some big information and a big decision happened for the Wimbledon championships that happened in London. So what happened is Wimbledon ban all Belarusians and Russians from playing in the championships. They said, you guys will not be you know, able to enter Wimbledon and you guys won't play in it. Who is that, you may ask? These are just the big names. Sabalenka can't play in it. Uh, Hachinov can't play in it. Daniil Medvedev, the world number two, can't play in it. Andrei Rublev can't play in it. There's all these players that can't play in it, and there's a ton. If you if you go online and look at how many Russian players there are on the tour and how many good Russian players there are on the tour, there's a ton, and none of them will be able to play at Wimbledon as of now. So what happened is they pretty much said because of the ongoing um, situation in Ukraine and how Russia invaded Ukraine, they're not accepting Russian or Belarusian entries into Wimbledon. Now, this is kind of a big deal. Well, this is a big deal because these are players that have legit chances at winning Wimbledon. And not only that, but these are players that need the points of Wimbledon. This is a completely separate occasion than Novak Djokovic being out of the Australian Open because he doesn't want to get a vaccine. That's completely in his control. Them not letting the Russians and the Belarusians into Wimbledon is something that's out of Daniil Medvedev's control. I don't know what Daniil Medvedev can do about the war in Ukraine. Now, some of these athletes really haven't spoken about it. I know Andre Rublev wrote on a camera once and said, no war, please. But some of these, you know, a lot of these players have families in Russia. They have relatives that still live in Russia. So they can only say so much because they want their families to be safe. They want their friends to be safe. They're, they're put in a really hard situation because of a move by Vladimir Putin and now Wimbledon is looking to make an example it seems like out of these players and saying you know the government if you want to keep doing this in politics we're going to screw over all your athletes and that's essentially what they're doing now a lot of people not thrilled about this you look at the ATP the WTA they both came out with statements and they both said they don't agree with this at all they don't agree with the stance that Wimbledon is taking. They think it should have been done a different way, which was surprising to hear the ATP and the WTA come out against this. So they said the ATP said this and the WTA said something similar, but they said obviously they, they condemn Russia's reprehensive invasion of Ukraine and stand in solidarity with the millions of innocent people affected by the ongoing war, which I believe they've said before. But they said this quote, we believe that today's unilateral decision by Wimbledon and the LTA to exclude players from Russia and Belarus from this year's British grass court swing is unfair and has the potential to set a dam damaging precedent for the game. I think it does too. I, I, I don't know how much this decision is going to hold up. I really don't. Um, I believe 
that there's going to be a massive outroar from a lot of people. I know that there's already been players like Novak Djokovic that says, this is crazy. Novak Djokovic literally said, I will always condemn war. I will never support it being a child of war. However, I cannot support the decision of Wimbledon. I think it is crazy. When politics interfere with sport, the result is not good. Now, in American sports, politics and sport have butted heads a ton. But I don't think it's ever been like, uh, LeBron, you are not happy with what's going on in the White House. We're going to ban you from the NBA Finals. That, that hasn't been the case really um there's been suspensions and stuff but it's but it's never been it's never been the government's done something and you can't you n now you're in trouble because you had nothing to do with the government right and th that seems as if this is what's going on now I don't know what Wimbledon's hoping to accomplish from this uh, I, d I don't know their motive behind it I, I obviously know that you know there's a lot of people that don't want this war to continue but a lot of these Russian players are taking a big hit for something that they have nothing to be a part of. Um, I think a lot of them already feel terrible about it. They say, no war, please. I'm sure they're getting eyes in the hallways and the locker rooms and people aren't liking them because of the country they're from. Uh, you don't see Alex Ovechkin and Vladimir Tarasenko in the NHL getting suspended because of something that's happening in their homeland. I don't know. I don't know exactly what's going to happen with this situation. Uh, I don't. I don't know if some people are going to back the Russian players and say, you know what? We're going to boycott Wimbledon this year. You don't want these Russian players in it. I'm not going to play in it either, which has an economic impact on the sport and on Wimbledon. If a lot of big name players or a lot of players in general just say, hey, you don't you don't want us in this? Fine. We're all going to get out of it and you're not going to have any great matches that happen. It's going to be pretty much like a qualifying tournament with a few big names. That could happen. I don't know if it will happen, but you've seen the sport of tennis in the past rally together when things like this happen. They rallied together. A lot of them rallied together with Ukraine. I'm not saying they're rallying together with Russia, but they're rallying together with their friends, and that, that could potentially happen. I don't know if it will. I don't know if this will hold. Granted, Wimbledon's in a month and some change. I don't know if this will hold. Two months maybe. But I do know that a lot of people aren't standing for it, and a lot of people think it's not the best idea. And because of that, something big could come out of this, and there could be some major pushback towards the All-Indian Club and Wimbledon. And this, this has the precedent of not being a good move by them and shining a terrible light on the sport of tennis and them. But it's over so we think they made the decision. We move on. Let's move on to Monte Carlo. Monte Carlo, I talked about it a little bit last week. There were some upsets. You know, Novak Djokovic had an early exit out of Monte Carlo. And there were some really good matches in Monte Carlo, to be honest with you. I think it was very entertaining. Um, I don't really watch a whole lot of Monte Carlo traditionally. I did watch quite a few matches this year. Just like Indian Wells, there's a beautiful view off this center court, and it is fun to watch. I think it is a fun tournament to watch because it's really the first clay court challenge that these players have ahead of Roland Garros within a couple months. So this is something that not only I, but a lot of tennis fans look forward to every single year as it kind of starts the whole clay swing. Now, we talked about Davidovich Fakina who beat Novak Djokovic in this tournament. He makes an absolute run. He beats David Goffin. He beats Taylor Fritz. He goes on to beat Grigor Dimitrov, and he finds himself with a spot in the finals. What an absolute tournament by this guy. Coming into this tournament, 
I didn't even know who this guy was. He's ranked 27 in the world. He's a 22-year-old, and he's from Spain. I didn't really know who he was, and he absolutely made a name for himself. And this is what these tournaments are all about. Players that a lot of people don't know of coming in and making an absolute run and making a name for themselves. But to beat Taylor Fritz, who's playing really well right now, to beat you know Grigor Dimitrov, who beat Hubie Hercoc in this tournament, very impressive. Let's talk about Grigor Dimitrov for a second. He beats Kasper Rude. He goes on to beat Hercoc and then loses to Fakina. But Grigor Dimitrov hopefully keeps playing well and can have a good French Open. But the bottom side of this bracket was also stacked. You look at guys like Stefano Tsitsipas was in it, Diego Schwartzman, Lorenzo Musetti, uh, Andre Rublev, Yannick Sinner, Alexander Sverev. That's all the bottom side of this bracket. So what it ended up happening is Sinner beats Rublev, Rublev loses to Sverev, and it's a Sverev and Tsitsipas semifinal, which was a very good semifinal. Sverev barely beats Sinner. It's a really good match. He barely beats Sinner. And Tsitsipas barely beats Diego Schwartzman. So when these get into semifinals together, these two are kind of gassed. But it's but it's a top five matchup between these two. Stefano Tsitsipas and Alexander Sverev. And these two really don't have that great a match. 6-4, 6-2 goes to Stefano Tsitsipas. And he finds himself with a chance to go back-to-back wins in Monte Carlo, and he does that. He beats Fakina in a second set tiebreak in straight sets. Stefano Tsitsipas is your 2022 Monte Carlo Rolex Masters champion. At 23 years old, this guy has had a great career, and he always does well in Monte Carlo. The number of titles that this guy has, he has eight titles right now, and this is his first title of 2022. Last year, he won Monte Carlo, and then he also won Lion, which is another clay court title. So maybe Stefano Tsitsipas is more of a clay court player. I don't know. I didn't know he had the patience to be this successful on clay, but it does look as if he is playing very well on clay over the last couple of years. Now, let me tell you something else about this tournament, something to keep an eye on. Um, I did see at one point, I think a player, don't quote me on this, but I believe I saw this. One player got upset about maybe coaching coming from Sitsipas's box. Now, I feel like I've seen this so much that um, I've kind of almost become numb to it because it seems like Sitsipas has gotten trouble for coaching so many times in the past. Well, because of this, Andy Roddick took to Twitter, and he actually had a decent idea. I don't want to say it was a great idea, but he said, um, I think tennis should be like soccer. You should carry over some penalties throughout the tournament. Coaching penalties are an obvious candidate for rollover. So if you get in trouble for coaching in the first match, and then you get in trouble coaching in the second match, that's a game or that's a game or a point or you know, can be turned into a set if you keep getting in trouble for coaching. Now, I believe this goes to Stefano Tsitsipas. Don't quote me on this, but I believe he saw, I saw that he got in trouble for coaching at some point during this tournament, which is not surprising because he's gotten in trouble for it in years past. Well, there's some other tournaments going on that are going on right now, and that is one in Belgrade, Serbia, the Serbian Open, the Serbia Open, excuse me. And this is kind of Novak Djokovic's home open. It's only a 250, but he still plays in it because it is his home tournament. Now, Novak Djokovic had a thriller of a first round against Jerry. Now, Novak Djokovic goes three sets, wins in a tiebreaker, wins the last two sets in a tiebreaker, and goes on to beat Jerry. And then he he wins against Kecmanovic in the quarterfinals, which actually just happened. So the first round match, though, was a three-hour match. And I believe that Jerry is also from Serbia. So fans were on both sides, but it just shows how difficult it is to not play for a long time and then going 
and trying to play again. Novak Djokovic hasn't played in a long time. He lost in the first round in the last tournament that he tried to go to in Monte Carlo. And then he comes to a Serbia Open, which is a 250. He plays a guy that's, that's, you know, I think Jerry is ranked number 50 in the world. Yeah, Jerry's ranked number 50 in the world, and he barely beats him. So that just shows how hard it is to get out of the game and get back in and really begs the question, is it really not worth a vaccine? Something he answered, and he said yes. Um, other big names in this tournament, Fanini, uh, Hachinov, which will be interesting if he gets an interview during this entire thing um, to talk about him not being able to play in Wimbledon. And then Rublev, same thing. It'd be interesting to see if he has anything to say about what exactly is going on and not being able to play in Wimbledon. Another big tournament right now is an ATP 500 that is happening in Barcelona. It is a good tournament, a lot of big names in it. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of like, bad weather rain and stuff there's a lot of like really really good footage of ball kids or ball persons and players hanging out with an umbrella for this tournament but a lot of big names in this tournament like you'd always expect a 250 that's happening in barcelona sitsipas casper rude faa cam nori Carlos Alcaraz, Schwartzman, Karina Busta, Bachelash Ville, Damon Neuer, Sanago, uh, Evans, Tiafo, Dimitrov, all these terms, Bublik, all of these, all of these players are top players on the tour and they're playing in this tournament. So obviously bigger names in this tournament than there is in Belgrade, but all eyes on Novak Djokovic as he tries to make, you know, a return to tennis. Um, Sitsipas obviously gets off to a good start as you'd expect Dimitrov let's see if Sitsipas can go back to back Dimitrov off to a good start Cam Nori to a good start a lot of good names in this let's get back to this next week when it's actually over because I'll podcast again here in a few days because I was late this week so I, d- I just want to get to a couple last things here um, Dominic Team looks like he's trying to get back on court which is good news for Team uh, if, if he can get back on court here soon and he put on Instagram and said, uh, I had my medical check at Red Bull Center yesterday and uh, received the result from my doctors that uh, I can resume my normal workout routine and practice sessions. So I believe that was on the 14th. So he has plenty of time to get back. Maybe he'll be back for Wimbledon. That'd be really fun to watch. I hope I hope that does happen. Um, let, let's end there. I got another podcast coming out in about five days. So we're just going to, we're just going to end it right there. I appreciate you listening today. I had to get this out because of everything that's going on with Wimbledon and Russian and Belarusian players. And it's just kind of, I don't want to say a mess, but it's just hard to wrap your head around that these guys are getting penalized, uh, for something that they maybe weren't, uh, directly involved in. However, it's, I don't know what's going on behind behind closed doors. So uh, I don't know what, how they came to this decision. I don't know why they came to the decision. They probably know more than I do. So maybe we'll get some more clarity by the next pod. So, so stay tuned. I appreciate you for listening. Take care of yourself. Take care of your family. And I'll see you in about a week. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.